0: Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. Three,
1: two, one, gentlemen, start your agenda. Not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy.
2: The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. Yes, it is. And welcome back to Thursday night. And man, it's time speeding around the track here. It's already Thursday night. Guys, uh, got Kyle going to be he's at work, but he's going to be able to call in, hopefully. Uh, Miss Kyle. Kyle, hope you get to call in my man. But uh we got thanks to Kyle, we got Bob Shaq calling in. Bob was at racing this uh past weekend over at mid Ohio and also uh think he's gonna be at Watkins Glen, guys. And then at the uh bottom of the hour, seven thirty Eastern time, we got Greg Van Oust back calling back in. And uh Greg's I don't think he's been he's he's done uh Daytona Phoenix, Talladega, Kansas, uh, Charlotte, and uh, he hadn't been doing the short tracks, which can't much blame him, but he's been successful at Daytona this year. He's he's brought the the checkered flag home and got the race uh, Xfinity last week at that, I think it's a new short super speedway at Atlanta Motor Speedway, guys. Uh, They rock it around that place now. So Greg got to uh, race the Xfinity race. It's not what he wanted, but you know what? He got the call, and uh, hopefully he'll get another call again to do it again. So uh, looking forward to having Greg back on the show, guys. We're waiting on Bob's call now. Bob's old school man, and uh, looking forward to hearing from uh, Bob. But guys, hey, we're loaded up, headed to New Hampshire. Uh, Never been to New Hampshire, everybody. It's I think it's another one of them concrete tracks, guys, and I'm in love with the concrete. I don't know why. It's expensive now, but uh I like the concrete racing. Uh Nashville was a concrete track. Uh yeah, you know, Bristol uh playing part time dirt. Well, it's not gonna play part time dirt I don't think this year. We're waiting on this twenty twenty four schedule for NASCAR. Hadn't come out yet. Uh but Arca Headed over to Iowa, so that blistering corn field over there, the humidity is going to be skyrocketing, but a great place to see a race. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing some action this weekend at, at uh, Iowa, guys. So we're waiting on Bob, but uh, guys, what you think about Atlanta? I, I mean, I, it's... I think that was the third race on the track since the reconfiguration. I like it now. First race ever was at Atlanta. Some folks think it was Talladega, but it was Atlanta. Let me tell you, it was before the the uh, reconfiguration when the front stretch was at. Now the back stretch, the old Weaver stand. I love that stand. You could see the race. Well, you know, it's not a bad seat really at Atlanta. I sit on the back stretch the now well, now's the back stretch where they got the campers and motorhomes. And, uh, back in the day, that used to be the front stretch at Weaver, the Weaver stands. And then they, uh, also tore down the Elliott stands over there. Not many people, the younger generation don't know about that. That was in turns three and four. And let me tell you what, that was. You could. There was a place in there you could watch them come out of out of turn two, coming into three, and then when they go into four down that front stretch, how close they come to that that wall in that little what I call a mighty, my, uh, mini triple- tri, uh triplex. They rocketed through there. Now they really do. And hey, look. There was some three-wide racing at, at, you know, some people say it's the racing is uh, limited to two-car, single-car. We've seen some three-wide uh, passing at Atlanta, three-wide racing. So, the guys are getting braver. The guys are getting braver. So, we still got, in the Ark of kind of lined up here, up next uh They when they get done, it'll be Pocono, M I S, Michigan International, uh, Lucas Oil, Watkins Glen. Hopefully, I'm going to be at Pocono and Watkins Glen. Uh, I don't think I can squeeze uh, nothing in there. I'd like to go to the Iowa State Fair. Watch the. uh, I would like to watch them on dirt. They do Iowa, the Milwaukee mile, someday guys, I'll be at Milwaukee, I gotta get that, that's on the bucket list, and go back to the A one mile flat, dirt flat track, a lot of fun there. Also at Illinois State Fair. I just like to see the Arca guys on dirt. It's uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool to see them on dirt. Plus guys, listen, the State Fair, the Aviance. I think I'm I'm not sure on the race at the coin, but it has been a night race. We'll get Adam Mackey back on before we do the coin and in, in, uh, Illinois State Fair. But I do know that I think it's the coin is going to be a night race. Nothing like the ambiance of the State Fair, at Ferris wheel, the walk down the midway, and I'm telling you guys, you can smell all kinds of food. They are frying it, barbecuing it, (laughs) grilling it, they cooking it, and uh, it's full of it. Even to, uh, as Don Radebaugh said, bacon dipped in chocolate. Never had it, but I think it would be good. So, guys, I think we're waiting on Bob. While we're waiting on him... I'm going to jump in here and let's play John Hunter Nemechek's Xfinity win, guys at uh, Atlanta.
3: All right. We are now joined by tonight's NASCAR Xfinity Series race winner, John Hunter Nemechek, driver of the number. Two. Into questions for John Hunter. If you have a question, please raise your hand and we will get a wireless microphone to you. Let's start with Justin. I Justin
4: Schuler
2: kicking the tires. Um,
5: John. Uh, Obviously, they were having a troubles there in the last closing laps, but um, with, those, with those closing laps, if it had gone to green, what was your plan to try to break up that triage of colleague cars? I don't know.
4: Um, <laughs> straight up, I, I don't know. Um, they, the two chose the top, or the 10 and 16, I think, um, chose the top. And I debated on stacking three tops at one point, but I knew that that probably wouldn't win me the race uh, with just two laps to go. And it seems like the bottom can prevail uh, for about three, four laps, and then it starts to dissipate when everyone tries to funnel to the top. So um, I felt like that was my best move to win the race and ended up paying off. If it would have went green there, um, I, I don't know if they would have ended up racing side by side. I, I don't know if they would have waited until the last lap to pull out. Um, there's so many different circumstances that could have happened, so I can't really give you a straight answer.
5: Back to the beginning of the race, um, were you surprised at Austin Hill and how fast he had gotten through the whole field and,
4: and was in the top ten that quick? Nope, not one bit. Additional questions? Bob. Of course, Bob raised his hand. Of course,
2: Bob Pocker's Fox Sports. I mean, they're telling you don't expect a big push from Hemerick because they figure he's not going to push you by, your, by their teammates. Like, you're, you're on the front row, which usually you've got to feel pretty good, but did you feel good at all <laughs> going into
4: that in overtime? I mean, I, I didn't know. Um, <clears throat> when the 48 picked top, and the 11 ended up having to choose the bottom, in my opinion. So that was the 11 shot to win, right? If he could push me out and him get clear also, that gave us both a shot to win a race. Yes, we ended up prevailing, but that was his move that he had to take to win the race, right? Um, he's needing a win, I think, uh, especially just a walk into the playoffs um, and gain some playoff points. Um, so I knew that they were saying don't expect uh, a big push, but who who knows in that situation, right? Um, I feel like I, I believe he's under the Josh Wise program now, um, and there's some things that I learned under the Josh Wise program when I was at Ganassi in 2018 and uh, 2019 um, that he's probably teaching them as well. So it um, goes back to restarts and, and trying to execute. All right,
3: let's go back here in the red shirt.
0: Hey, John Hunter, Doug Turnbull for PRN. I heard so many drivers in the the Cup Series race or Cup Series qualifying talking about the aging of the track, which I was surprised by. And then I just, uh, all night, the the way I listened to you all talking about the cars, it almost sounded like you were racing old Atlanta with the handling. So can you just talk about the dynamics since we're only in, like, fourth Xfinity race here?
4: Yeah, so... I think that the surface is aging some, um, but I also think a lot of guys brought a lot of different packages here that weren't necessarily the fastest car in the spring, right? So you can blame it on racetrack. You can blame it on car. Uh, There's so many variables that go into it, right? Um, Yes, the the racetrack is going to age. Um, I definitely felt like we were lifting more tonight than we were in the spring. Um, But one thing's for sure, the the 21 was lights out again, right? So um, I, I don't know what they have going on right now, uh, as, as far as speedway racing, but I don't think he lifted once. So, um, we, we got to figure that out. Um, and whoever can do that tomorrow, um, in, in the cup race and dial in their setup to be able to push as close as he was able to tonight, to stay in traffic, to be able to make moves like he was, will most likely end up winning the cup race if it goes green.
1: Thank you.
3: to Matt. Matt Weaver in the front.
6: Matt Weaver, sports not Kind of similar to Doug's question, as this track kind of starts to age and, and change, do you think there's going to become a time, especially for the Xfinity cars, but maybe even for the Cup cars too, that this becomes less of a kind of a diet super speedway deal and become more of like an insane intermediate? <laughs> um,
4: Yeah, I guess I could foresee that in the future. Um, I don't know with the banking, the load, um, how the racetrack races now. I don't know if you'll ever get away from necessarily the super speedway style racing. Um, I think that it could be a super speedway intermediate, I I guess you could say, where – I guess to put it in a way, I don't ever see NASCAR taking away restrictor plates from us, right, Um, for a very long time until it ages quite a bit. Uh, I I feel like the banking, the loads, how the cars handle. um, I mean, if you came here with a full downforce intermediate car and you didn't have a restrictor plate, you could probably still run wide open um, in an Xfinity car. So um, you would just be hauling the mail, that's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> uh, if you would have asked me that on about lap 60, I would have said no. Um, <laughs> after the final lap, yes, it is, for sure.
3: Yep. Additional
1: questions? All right, guys, I'd like to welcome Kyle Magna back to the show. Welcome, Kyle.
0: Hey, Rowdy. Uh, kind of been a rough week, but uh, I know the Eldora Millions tonight for the sprint cars, that's a big race, so. Uh. You know, uh, all the heats have been released, and there's a lot of cars there. So I know they I know uh, Rico Abreu and Brad Fleet won the preliminary heats or features. Excuse me, the, fe- uh, the heats last night, um, taking home some money and uh, got the big night, the big one tonight. So, uh, Rowdy uh, been plagued by rain a lot, but uh, hopefully by the time you get you get up here next week, uh, hopefully the the weather, the skies will
1: clear. I'm looking forward to it, Kyle. So this week we're in New Hampshire. I know you've been to New Hampshire. What's your thoughts on it, Kyle? oh
0: so Rowdy, I was there in 2014 of my only appearance there uh, for the NASCAR weekend. It was actually the last time, uh, you know, that uh, that, uh, that TNT or Turner Sports would be doing a NASCAR race. So, uh, you know, with the new TV deal and everything in 2015. But, um, you know, that that was that was nice to be a part of that. Uh, the uh, Sunoco 100, the, the NASCAR wheel modified tour race, uh, 35 lead changes in 106 laps, Rowdy, not too shabby. Probably, probably one of the best races i've seen in a while um that's 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 usually that's usually the show of the weekend right there the modified so but uh yeah really Loudon's a, a little flat um just a mile just over a mile um can be tricky to pass sometimes you know it depends if there's pj1 on the track we don't know um but uh you know uh, i know the nascar xfinity series is there this weekend along with the nascar wheel of modified tour and, and also the nascar cup series rowdy but uh two things i want to say. Uh, we're going, to have a, we're going to have a really big show lined up next Thursday, July 20th. Uh, Bob Shack going to be coming on at 7.05 Eastern, 6.05 Central. Um going to be talking about his Archer race in Mid-Ohio, and he, I think he hinted at running Watkins Glen, so we'll have to ask him about that. And then at uh, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central, it'll be uh, Greg Van Alst coming back on the show. Um, I think it's the first time since March he'll be back on the show. He'll be he'll talk about his Xfinity deal with Alpha Prime and well, He's actually entered in the 45 car for Alpha Prime this week. So hopefully hopefully it's a little better week for you know a little bit of a better turnout this week.
1: Okay, so he is in uh, Xfinity right, which good. I'm glad. Good for him. So Kyle. We're at Iowa, Arkansas, Iowa this weekend for the Calypso 150. That's Saturday, July the 15th, and it's going to be on flow racing. Plus, yeah, the well, I, think
0: it's gonna, I don't know. I think it's going to be another one of those William Wallace versus Jesse Love battles. I don't know. That's kind of what it's been all year. Um, the eighteen and the twenty, no surprise there, but, uh, you know, I know Connor Jones will be driving the 15. I know he's been pretty quick lately. And uh, Lavar Scott, who we've had on the show right after the Daytona race, uh, going to be back in the number six car for Rev Racing in Iowa. So, uh, yeah, Rowdy, that mid-Ohio race was kind of nuts, um, kind of crazy. Um, you know, what a drive by Tyler Ankrum, who Rowdy, um, I know I wasn't able to call on Monday, but I just wanted to say Tyler Ankrum got moved out of the way three wide by Jesse Love right after the, the halfway break restart. And then Rowdy, when he was coming back to up the front, he went off course again and again, he still be- came back and won the race. So I thought that was a really impressive drive by Tyler Ankrum. I think it was the first time in two years Hattori Racing has run an ARCA race. And Rowdy, if, if you know, and I, I have, you know, Daytona Tom could, could maybe back me up on this. We think his last, the last ARCA race for Hattori Racing was was at Watkins Glen in 2021 with Austin Hill. So, uh, you know, big win for them, you know, taking the car back out and, uh, yeah, just a lot going on there late, and uh, Rowdy, another thing, uh, our buddy Dale Quarterly getting a fifth in the ARCA race. So uh, just kept his nose clean, and Rowdy, I don't know if I showed you or if you saw it, he made a three-wide pass on uh, William Sawalich and Andres Perez de Lara, and um, next corner he got taken out, spun out, So, but I came back to finish fifth. So good run for the for the quarterly racing team, and uh, yeah, just a crazy race, another crazy race in mid-Ohio. You know, it was a little tame at first, and then it really picked up. So, um, you know, Atlanta's in the books. And uh, we got loud this weekend. And, yeah, like you mentioned, Iowa, uh, big deal. But, Rowdy, one more thing. And uh, I'm not going to be on for too much longer, but I just want to talk quick. Uh, Pocono's coming up really quick. Uh, so it's already a week away. So uh, tomorrow tomorrow will be one day, it will be one week till the Pocono ARCA 200 at, at Pocono. It's going to be a 6 o'clock Eastern start. That's Friday, July 21st, live on FS1 and MRN. And, uh, Rowdy, just wanted to throw the plug out there. Uh, another uh, little news nugget that I saw is uh, Chase Elliott will be running the Xfinity race for Hendrick Motorsports at Pocono. So uh, that kind of that, that broke yesterday. And, you know, that should be Chase Elliott's first start in a 17-car uh, since they brought that program back. Uh, he hasn't been in the car. So um, this will be his first start with the team. And we'll, we'll see if they can finally get to victory lane rowdy. I know, I, I don't know what it is. It's, they've been close. I know they've been a second, a third, and led a lot of laps. But we'll see if, if Chase Elliott can maybe seal the deal in the to Pocono Mountains two twenty five here come next Saturday.
1: Well, the top four in the leading points if you, you thank it man, William Byron, Martin Truex Junior, Kyle Bush, and uh Christopher Bell. Two four be or two Chevrolets and two Toyotas, Kyle.
0: Yeah, it should be a good one. I think I think will be a good one. You know, I know Kyle Bush would run a truck race. Um, you know, I'd be interested I'm interested to see how his stuff performs, you know. That it's been fast all year, you know, with the sh- with the switch over to Chevrolet, and you know, it's been a been a good, you know. they they've won. A, he's won already once in Vegas this year, and they've been fast. So you know, Chase Purdy's run really well, and uh, Rowdy. I just wanted to say, I know it's, it's been a few weeks, but uh, Carson Hocevar in Nashville, um, that was a really impressive win. Um, you know, being up against Zane Smith and a few other drivers. So um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's been a good good few weeks here. You know, uh, you know, mid Ohio and Atlanta. And now, you know, we're getting to the summer stretch here and poking on the home track next week. So looking forward to having you, Rowdy. Uh, you know, we'll talk more on, on Monday, next Thursday. But uh just want to say thanks for everything. Thanks for helping me out. You know, it's uh, been, been a tough week, but uh, trying to get through it, uh, almost over. And, uh, you know, hopefully – I don't know if I'm going to make it a Port Royal Saturday. I know I told Brandon Sanders I would try, but um, can't promise anything. But, um, you know, that's, that's basically – that's it before uh, – for Pocono Rowdy. I know you I know you're you're planning to go to the BAPS uh World of Outlaws race. It's their first time there in thirty years and um you know, it's uh, I know that's gonna be a big deal for you. I know we've been talking about that and then uh, uh Pocono and maybe we'll get you to Port Royal and Williams Grove. So hopefully looking uh looking
1: forward we'll to see it. Your Kyle, schedule.
0: We'll we'll lay out your schedule
1: and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh I like like I told you, I think I'm gonna tear out of here probably Tuesday afternoon on my slow way up to uh the Pocono's guys. Uh, then Kyle, we're gonna come back, we're gonna next time together we'll be in Watkins Glen with uh Daytona Time and then I'll be the next weekend with Daytona Time down in Daytona for the four hundred. The Coke Zero free four hundred. So uh let's uh let's Kyle, listen, man, appreciate showing up, being able to put your input. Looking forward to having you back on Monday, but I'll talk to you on during the week. Uh, hopefully you get to go to Fort Royal and uh, we'll we'll bring in the next winner from the past weekend.
3: Um, on. Taylor Kitchen, com, and Above the Uh When you spun out earlier, did you think you had a car to get back to the front or were you shocked?
5: Well, so we... After that break, the initial start, I drove it in and almost spun it out in the same spot. Um, and I was on the outside, and that was my first time really on fresh tires, you know, going through the same <coughs> corner. So I, I was saying to myself, I'm just going to drive this to 100, break, down shift and turn, it's going to stick. And it did the same exact thing as it did the first time, except for I couldn't hang on to it this time. Um, did I think? that I had a really fast car yes. Did I think I had the car to make it to the front? No. Um, in the moment I didn't think that. It wasn't until man. It wasn't until about a lap or two later I passed one or two cars already and I could still see the leaders when we're coming out of turn two. And I was thinking to myself, I I've got i got the car to do this. I, I can do this myself. At the least I'll make it back to the top three. And it was about I mean, I picked up what, well, Matt? What was it? In 15 eight. laps, seven seconds. Seven or eight seconds. Seven or eight seconds, something like that. Um, I mean, you know, in order to do that, you, you have to be not only really good on brakes. You also have to, have to be turning really good and have drive off. I mean, all day long, I outrode those guys by about 100 feet. Um, call that having experience on road courses but also knowing how to brake. Um, that's one thing I've really really worked on on road courses in the past couple years and I think it's one of the reasons why I've had so, so much consistency and speed on road courses is that speed's free on entry. And if you can just outbrake them, you know, it's not like you gotta have the tires underneath you to out drive them or it's not like you gotta turn better. You just have free speed on entry and if your car can still do all those things um it's just a plus so in in my car tonight we do all those things i'm just very, very grateful that nature gave me this opportunity to drive this car back to uh, media.com. uh so just so i've got this ride uh that re- on the restart where you went off into the acacia uh, area you basically just just out break yourself on that yeah i blew the corner 100 percent um i 100 percent with the corner um, not really thinking that I was in much danger of doing that, because I had done it on the first restart, almost spun myself out, but I was on the top. So I'm thinking, okay, um, I got more grip, so I'll be on the bottom, I'll be in the rubber, and the further you get closer to the curb, the less the less, the less un-cambered pavement is. This track's very difficult because most of the corners are uncambered, basically meaning that the pavement's going away from the direction of that you're turning. So the closer you get to the corner, you know, the more level and flat it is. Um, so I didn't think I, I didn't think I was going to blow the corner, um, but I did. And I was honestly lucky that I throttled up like I did because I knew if I got stuck, it was game over. I was probably going to lose a lap or two, um, and my race would be done. But I was able to keep the speed in it and just stay in the throttle and, and just kept on doing. All right, thank you.
7: Kevin Schwarze with the uh, RacingTimes.net. Um, looks like also something that was in your favor was during the break. You know, there's nobody running around. You know, nobody's looks like they're you know under pressure. Oh my God, get this, do that. if it was nice and calm. Was that a help on the radio? And also, uh, let's talk about that four-wide move uh, coming just back with the two-car.
5: Yeah. So I uh, uh, I knew I was going to take the three-wide. Forget who it was. The two car, the 14 and the six? That sounds right, that sounds right, yeah. It was the six car, the 14 and the two. But I, I didn't see or know the two was still on the bottom. And they, all well, those guys, I knew they were gonna be breaking before the 500 marker. so I said, I'm going for the 400, and I'm just gonna keep this thing from wheel hopping. And I pulled out a line, the 14 breaks, I'm at the door, and I see the two, and I'm like, I'm committed. So the graphs are the two because eight tires is better than four. So uh, you yeah, know that that move really you know and it ended in a positive game right? And then uh, the 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 calm oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, no matter what, if you stay calm on the radio. You know, if I'm calm, you're calm, kind of thing, right? I mean, humans are our animals. When one spooks, everybody spooks, right? Um, so I think with John, who's crew me, John Leonard, um, and my team. I you know I did have the shifter knob. I don't know if you guys are scanning at all, but I had the shifter knob about five laps to go, the shifter the shifter knob back screwed itself off. So I spent the last five laps just basically grabbing the shaft and just hammering hammering through the gears as best I could. And that, you know, gave me a sense of panic, because it freaking hurts, man. <laughs> well, you it's your hand. I have a yeah. look. Is all the oh, hand fine. <laughs> fine, but, I mean, I knew if I was going to have to go all race long like that, it was going to suck. And I was going to be a serious thing. And John just said, do you think it's still in the car? So I said, yeah. All right. It's probably in the port. Someone will crawl in the car and we'll find it. And they did. And we, we duct taped it on, make sure it wasn't going to be a bad road. road, road. Yep. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. and that was it. There was no good game. They were nice and calm about that. So yes. just active, um, just yeah. kept it nice and smooth. Nothing great. Uh, Anthony, Dancott, Looking ahead to tomorrow, uh, now that you have this win under your belt, gives you and the team confidence, knowing that you guys likely need a win to make the playoffs, how much does track time
6: like today help in terms of getting ready for the break tomorrow?
5: It helps a ton. You know, especially for me as a driver, learning the things that I learned today whether it came whether it was about brake bands or braking or brake biases, um, or even even that those two restarts I absolutely botched. That's really, really good information that I can take home to the motor tonight and just reflect and go, Hey, if I'm in this position again tomorrow, I know not to drive it to the one hundred marker because it's not gonna <laughs> stick. Regardless of the rubber. I what what's underneath the truck truck or car. Um, so, you know, stuff like that, and then, you know, knowing where to pass, how to pass, um, the, the information that I learned today um, is invaluable that I'll add tomorrow
6: to the truck. One more, sorry. Oh, you're I see. Ben Bradscom, com. Uh, this is your first Arc to Start in a little bit, a few years now. Do uh, we expect to see more of you? And I think the biggest question I have is just... You know, this is what kind of one off. It seems like did you have fun today? Is basically what I wanted
5: out. Oh, I had a blast. Yeah, yeah, I had a blast. I never. It was super fun. I, I I wanted to make a comment like two to go. Like you guys didn't think you were nervous, were you? Like I, I just wanted to make something super narcissistic or conceited. And uh, and I didn't say it because I was like, yeah, I haven't counted the white yet, but y'all can still come out. But uh, I hope I, I hope it added for a good race on television. If you're that guy that you know. And you're like, all right, race is over. Like, I'm going to bed, and you walk away, and you grab a <laughs> beer, and you came back here, and you're like, where the hell did this one come back from? So, uh, no, I'm, uh, it was a lot of fun, um, and yeah, maybe, maybe you know, this win does open up more opportunities with HR in their own Arca car um, to add more road, road courses or even just other races to the schedule. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to run the Arca race in Phoenix, um, or, or as another car. Parkin doesn't, Cam- doesn't
7: race. Parkin yeah, doesn't race Yeah, they race
5: They do race camos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 100. I would, I would love to have race Parkin more, but a lot of that just comes down to sponsorship. Um, you know, where's the, the, where's the buck stop? Where does it end? So, um, that's something that, that, you know, you got to look out further into the head, head, into the future, to figure out. But you guys are doing that now, so. uh i mean honestly, whatever opportunity comes along.
7: Hendrick Motorsports and we are going to go ahead and jump right into media questions. If you have a media question for Jeff, please raise your hand. Uh, We will be joined by Rudy. We will be joined by uh, Crew Chief Rudy Fugel and William Byron in just a bit, but we'll start with Jeff. We'll start with Justin in the middle here, please.
5: Justin kicking the Tires. We haven't seen Byron win this late in the season, I don't think ever in the Cup Series. So, one, what has it been like to see him grow over the last several years? And not only that, but have four wins, 27 points, 10 points above second in the playoff standings, guys are showing that you're the ones to beat when it heads to Phoenix
8: yeah I, you know it's a long season right so when you get a win early in the season it, it's great because you get that first win you feel like maybe you've locked yourself into the playoffs and maybe even you get a, a second win early in the season and and you go okay you know we're doing something right here and it's special but these summer you know races it really tests you and and you know trying to find the right setups at some of these tracks as well as your competitors are catching up it's all about timing and getting there at the start of the playoffs and being you know and peaking kind of at, at that point so you got to give a lot of credit to you know our, our folks at hendrick and and certainly with william and and Rudy and what they're doing as a team to uh to keep the momentum going because they're they're having an incredible season and and i i, I just hope that they can keep that going, you know, into the playoffs because uh, you know, I, I really I, I just see a spark in them this year. Just the way they're clicking and communicating the chemistry between, you know, William Rudy and, and the whole team is, has been fun to watch and, and, and you know, exciting to see this this kind of blossoming career of uh, of a young talent and a driver and, and what that might uh, you know be able to, to do long into the future.
7: Bob Pockriss right here.
2: Bob Pockriss, Fox Sports. I have two. The first is, you know, William uh, goes down a lap after the wreck with LaJoy. Do you see any difference in his composure to be able to come back from something like that and win a race?
8: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of experience, um, you know, going through the ups and downs of the sport. But I I think more importantly, it's, when you and your team are, are, are you know, clicking and, and things are going well, um, you don't get so caught up in when things are, you know, something bad happens in a race. You go, okay, no problem. We've been through this before. We can fight our way back. Or let's let's just make the most of the day. And, and that's what good, high-quality teams do, especially ones that, that, you know, have confidence in, in what they're doing. And, and they just you know you just don't panic you uh you, you you stay calm and and I think even by winning this race it, that's only going to help them for the next time that they're in a situation like this even even more
2: from last week in Chicago I'm curious a week after just what kind of impact do you think last week will have on future schedules and where NASCAR will race in the future
8: Yeah I mean that was the biggest thing that that for me was you're just praising NASCAR and Ben Kennedy and, and all the folks, the decision makers, Julie GC, all the people that, that you know made that happen, especially after dealing with the, the challenging circumstances, but um with the weather. But, you know, I think it just now the opportunities are sort of endless. If if you know, if we could put on a street course race in, in downtown Chicago, then where could we go next? What can we do next? And and I think uh certainly comes at, at a good time is, is, you know, you look at TV negotiations and, and you know, trying to build the sport and, and what the future looks like. So, you yeah, I, th- I think all of us in the sport were very excited, not to mention being able to, to race in those kinds of conditions. I mean, that that was really, really wet, and to be able to do it on a street course, pretty impressive.
7: We're going to come over here to Jordan and then Kelly Crandall. As you can see, we've also been joined by winning crew chief. Rudy Fugel. So he is also available for questions. Jordan Bianchi right here. Jordan Bianchi with The Athletic. This question is for Jeff. It, it's about Alex and Chase. You look at the, the points position they there, and they theoretically could make it on points. They probably would have to have a lot of things go right. From an organizational standpoint, are you guys thinking that, hey, their path to the playoffs is still points, or are you changing that mindset of, hey, we need to win over these next seven weeks?
8: I mean, I think Alex is closer than than Chase is. I don't know, you know, where where that. I haven't looked at the points after today, but um, I know that that we want to get wins. You know, that's that's how because it's sort of one of those those situations where if you don't feel like you're capable of winning, how far are you really going to go in in the playoffs? And so I know that those guys want to win, but they also had some some situations that got them behind. So you get in. Any way you can, but it goes back to what I was talking about with with the 24 team about you know building momentum at the right time, and and if you get it early, how do you maintain it? And for those guys, if if they can can you know get some momentum going here quickly, or you know find a way to get to victory lane, then it's all about you know picking up their game when the playoffs come around.
7: But when you look at uh, their, their situations with missing races—is there a little bit of any any regrets or anything of letting them do extracurricular stuff that that kind of put them in this position?
8: Well, I I, I snowboarded my whole career um, on off weekends and and over the off season, so um, you know that that's that's I think takes care of that answer. Um, and and then you know you look at racing. I mean, William's on his way to, to Slinger, you know, to, to go race there. And, and that, and, and, you know, what we do is we talk to the drivers, talk to the crew chiefs. How does it impact, you know, them on Sundays? Is, does it enhance what they're doing on Sundays? Do you support it? How's it fit in your schedule with your meetings and everything else? We don't look at it, you know, first and foremost of, of hey, what are the risks and, and chances of getting hurt? We want to make sure they're in the best equipment possible. And and you know that uh, you know you, you take those precautions and you be smart about your decisions. I, I think it's it has opened up some conversations about what we do later in the season, um, you know, around the playoffs. That that you know we're just we we want the drivers to be a part of the the decisions you know that happen there because we want to support them in what they do to either relax and enjoy life because you know you can't just surround yourself by nothing but driving race cars or, you know, you're going to have weaknesses, I think, in, in your in your racing skills at some point in the season. So I think it's it's as much about doing things that make you happy as it is about your race skill and fine-tuning that.
7: I'm going to come over here to Kelly.
3: Kelly, Crandall, Jeff, you mentioned a few minutes ago you've seen a spark with this team this year. You as well as anyone know that – it's all about team chemistry and team dynamic. Can you just go into kind of what you've seen from this team that now it's all clicking and we're we're seeing the version of William Byron that you all hired him for many years ago?
8: Yeah, well, the first spark was when I saw this guy. To remind me, was it the day after Christmas, day after New Year's, which day was after day after Christmas. Uh, I was over at Hendrick Motorsports the day after Christmas, not expecting to see anybody there because. I don't remember why I was there, <laughs> but uh, but I I came. He was, he was in his office working, you know, and I was like, man, I'm like if you're working, you're gonna have a good year. And and we kind of lo- laughed and, and joked about it. But I think his commitment, dedication is one. I think William also shows the same kind of commitment and dedication. And I think that just really spills out throughout the whole team. You know, when 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 somebody sees others putting in extra effort then they don't want to be the weak link. And that could be the driver, the crew chief, a pit crew member, an engineer, whatever it may be. And I think that's what builds a strong unit is is when, you know, people are, are just putting in as much effort as possible. And, I mean, I think we've always known William had the talent. You know, it's just about getting the experience as a, as a young driver racing at this level, getting them with, you know, somebody that believes in them and, and is providing the car. And, and now the pit crew is, is – you know, crushing it, so they just seem like a complete team, you know, to me, I, I don't want to jinx it, because I want them, you know, it's a long season, as I mentioned earlier, and it's all about, you got to you gotta keep that momentum going all the way through the playoffs, you can't, you know, this is great, and I love what they're doing, and I really believe in them, you know, to, to, to do it all the way through the end of the season, but, um, you know, I, I I don't want to, Rave on them too much because uh, I want them to to keep digging. But I know they will. I know they will. They'll they'll be head down digging.
9: Long way to go. Yeah.
7: Come back over here. We have two questions on this side. Yeah. Yes, uh, Steve Hummer with the AJC for Rudy. Um, how do you rate yourself as a meteorologist? And could you kind of recount how what the I guess the strategy and the decisions. We're toward the end, as you see the blob coming your way. I'm terrible.
9: I was I was probably 20 laps off. So whatever that was in time, I'm I'm terrible. Uh, my wife's a earth science teacher and did some meteorology stuff. I was hoping I you know some of that would rub off, but it, it hasn't. So uh, still have a ways to go. Yeah, I mean where we were running, it was it made some decisions easier. Some things fell in, in our lap. You know, running uh, right around 20th, um, our car wasn't handling great. So um, we saw a bunch of cars come, uh, half of the field in front of us, um, about 10 of the top 20 came down, so we copied them. We had already just pit, so we took rights and jumped those. Um, so then we, were, we ran that next run to the end of the stage, and we stayed in our position okay. Um, and it made it easy to stay out because we could go to, you know, about, we, we were projecting we could go to two, uh, 210. But then as he took the lead and he ran wide open for those 20 laps, it was closer to 200, but still it was, we had a ways to go.
10: Stephen, do you still have a question? Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. This question will be for Jeff. This is now the first time, or this is the most wins that the 24 car has had since you had four back in 2014. And we talked a little bit about the big picture impact that Chicago had last week, but speaking big picture, there are still a lot of people both inside and outside of the sport who recognize NASCAR from your accomplishments driving the 24. So, in terms of the big picture, what do you think it does for NASCAR to have you know the 24 car, your car, you know, competing for wins week in week out and being among the cars that's in contention for the for the championship?
8: Well, well, first of all, I think William you know, does an amazing job representing the 24 and, and Hendrick and the sport in general. Um, you know, as a competitor, as as well as just a, a you know a, a, a fine young man, but um, I, I and our sponsors as well love them. But you know, to to me, right now, it's about building superstars and recognizable faces and names. That's what's going to help grow the sport. We we've, we've lost a lot of them, um, you know, in a short period of time, and it's about building them back up. And I think. William is is on the cusp of doing that by going to Victor Lane, winning races and, and, you know, leading as many laps as he has. And and that just opens up more doors and opportunities to to get him in front of of more, um, you know, kind of mainstream media or get his his face and name out there that I think will continue to help grow the sport. It's come along at a a, a great time. Not to mention, I run into a lot of 24 fans all the time that say they miss me not being out there, and and I just quickly... you know, say well, yeah, but you're a William Byron fan, right? And they're like, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. So I know they're really happy that <laughs> that 24 with William
10: is still getting it done out there. And and when you, and when we, you talk, you talk about William dealing with more, you know, being more of a mainstream face. You know, you did a lot of that during your career just because you were so recognizable. So what have you told him, and what do you tell him now about dealing with that? Well, it's
8: just the opportunities have to present themselves. You know, and and it it can come through a sponsor. It can come through maybe something that NASCAR you know has set up, or it comes from winning races, or you know something that that um, you know sort of resonates with either mainstream media or the fans or or fans that are outside the sport, casual fans. So, you know, I just I just tell them keep doing what you're doing. But I I I think I've made this you know pretty clear in the past. I do want our drivers you know to to Reach just slightly outside their comfort zone when it comes to the media and and opportunities, just so um, you know they can open up more doors for their own brand and and it helps us sell sponsors and I think it helps grow the sport.
10: Thanks,
7: Jeff. I want to come back over here to Kelly.
3: Rudy, when he spun through the infield earlier, how much damage did that do? I would assume, to the underbody of the car because from the naked eye, it didn't look like any of the fenders or anything were damaged.
9: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it, it ripped out the crush panel when we got the flat tire. The flat tire did all the damage. Um, it ripped out the crush panel, so that's, that's a decent amount of uh, damage. Not Probably not as, as much of a detriment as maybe the old car, but uh, some. And then the whole front of the diffuser um, was the biggest part. It, it was it's pretty destroyed from the tire coming apart. So um, I'm sure we lost a lot of downforce. It probably helped some of our... Um, overall speed, maybe, but the, the downforce made our handling worse and why we struggled to get back to the front. So definitely uh, definitely not what we wanted to do.
7: I'm going to wrap up with Justin.
5: Justin Shuler, kicking the tires. Uh, just one other question for you, Jeff. Um, in here earlier, we had Goodyear announcing that this was going to be their 2,000th cup winner uh, with them being in the sport for so long and so loyal. The 1,000th winner was another 24 car driven by you. <laughs> So uh, what's that like for, for you, just uh, for Byron to keep that legacy with those milestones like that?
8: Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, you know, we we, uh, we spent some time with, with some of the folks at Goodyear over in Le Mans with the Garage 56 project. They, you know, they did a tremendous job with, with that. It just reminded me of, of all the work that they put in over the years, you know, for NASCAR. I, I think that these high-banked oval tracks, whether it's Bristol or here, um, you know, Brake, whatever it is, it's not an easy type of race car or conditions to build a tire for. So, um, you know, give them a lot of credit for what they do, and um, you know, we're certainly very proud to to represent them. And, and I, I didn't know about the the 1,000th um, until a couple weeks ago when they said, "Hey, we're coming up on 2,000." And um when that happened today and I saw Stu Grant and that cool trophy that they gave William I realized it's twenty four and twenty four. I love it. Uh, keep keep hope I hope uh, William gets three thousand. Can you get to three thousand?
2: <laughs>
9: I'm he's not so going young, to. yeah. Maybe Rudy won't I'm be here. I
8: won't be here. Rudy might not, but William he's young enough. You're you're fifteen, right?
7: Yeah. <laughs> Awesome.
8: Thank you both very much. Congratulations, gentlemen.
11: (laughs) All
7: right. We are now joined by our race winner today, William Byron. We are going to go straight to questions from the media. Please raise your hand. Wait for the wireless mic, and we'll get right to you. Who would like to be first? Kelly Crandall, winner.
3: Kelly Crandall, com. Um, I asked Rudy, Rudy had a good idea, of course, of the damage to the car when you spun. What were you thinking when you spun and did the car feel any differently at that point?
11: Yeah, when I spun, I was like, oh, here we go, we're flying through the infield. And then uh, I was kind of looking towards the, the right side of the car, just thinking about, okay, can I let it roll and not lock the tires up on the, the asphalt to try to keep them up. Uh, but then I saw the the wall was coming quick. so. I kind of um I kinda of let go of the brake for a minute and then locked it down and I knew at that point I was probably gonna have flats and it was just when I tried to get spun around it was really hard to get spun around so I knew I knew probably a right side tire was flat and it was the right rear and then I was trying to catch up and you know, as you do that everything gets torn up. Uh so it, it, it destroyed some of the floor and the crush panel and everything, so it was um yeah not good you know because this car really relies on all that so it it was uh not good at that moment but lost the lap changed tires and then at that point i was just the conversation with rudy was just about okay you know we're probably gonna have to make some pretty big adjustments here because the car's not going to drive good you know it was pretty balanced before that point thought we were one of the better cars just a little bit free back in traffic after the penalty but we were making a good time and then uh so we, we made a lot of adjustments. We we changed a lot of things, um, you know, rounds in the, all four corners and probably air pressure, too, and then uh, got it to where it was competitive. It was competitive for 15 laps, and then I was just kind of on pins and needles after that, and I would make some mistakes because I just couldn't – either I'd put myself in some bad positions arrow-wise and lose grip or, uh, or just not trust the car. So I knew when we got out front, um, we were in the probably – the lower teens like 12, thirteenth running and we were doing okay but I knew when we got out front we'd have more air on the car and we'd be okay um, and then it was just about playing the air game with my spotter Brandon uh, trying to manage all of that
3: we, we knew weather from the start of the night was going to come into play probably at some point from the outside looking in that was a very chaotic entertaining race behind the wheel as you get closer to halfway and then you get past halfway how chaotic is it for you to constantly keep getting weather updates and are you on the edge of your seat as well so to speak of you know is is the next call going to be we're done do I have to keep making moves what are you going through
11: Yeah I honestly don't get too excited um I feel like you know for me um I've never had a rain win so I was like sure enough it's with me leading it this isn't going to happen like this so I'm like just thinking about what lane i'm going to choose i think as soon as the caution came out i asked you know what okay what lane are we going to choose because i didn't even want to think about you know possibility of rain and you know coming down pit road all that was secondary to me i was just thinking about okay how can we control the race so then when the next caution comes out for rain we're in a good spot but um so i started thinking about that and then my spotter and and rudy as well was you know brandon and rudy were both talking about okay it's starting to rain around the track and. Um, I started to get some drops on the windshield. So I was like, okay, we're probably going to get some drops, and then it's going to stall, and then we're going to go back again. So I just kept thinking that way. And then even when I got out of the car, I kept thinking that way. And eventually when we got over there, I knew it was official. And um, then you start to feel better about it. But, uh, yeah, it takes a long time. For me, I'm just trying to stay locked in the race.
7: We'll go Justin, then Lee.
11: So is Jeff gonna make you sit in a calendar and count up 3,000 races? As long as they'll have me, I'll keep I'll keep going. Hopefully, I can get to 3,000. That seems like a lot of races. So, um, yeah, I don't know how many how many years that is, but uh, I'm I'm willing to do it as long as I can. So, I I love love what I do, and hopefully uh, hopefully keep doing it. I'm, you know, I just like to race and feel like I'm just this year starting to. Just kind of understand the flow of everything, and and uh, it's starting to click. So, it's been a good good year. But like someone told me in a meet and greet today, they're like, "How many races are in a year?" And I was like, "38, and, and you know, a couple exhibition, and we're on 19." I'm like, "Okay, well, we still have like half a season to go." So everything we've done to this point is great, but we still, if we suck from here on out, it's not going to be fun. So hopefully, we just keep it going. Um and then the last uh three races we really only saw two wide racing, you know, attempts
5: to get the third lane going and never could it go could it get it running. Tonight we saw that as the dominant lane to be in. Were you surprised by that? Did that catch you off guard at how well that third lane worked?
11: Yeah, it had to get cleaned off. Uh it's definitely Grayer up there. Um but you can count on Redick to clean it off. You know, he goes there right away, which is amazing. But I think he uh he kinda cleaned off the entry and then it started kinda It started cleaning off, you know, center off, got a little bit cleaner, a little bit cleaner. And then I think handling was just a big enough issue where, I mean, I don't think if handling wasn't an issue, you're still going to see too wide because the car has so much drag that you can run the bottom two lanes and and not ever get a run on the outside. But the fact that handling and how much we were lifting, um, you know, made it a three-wide race. And really it was just about trying to find clean air, which was what made your car handle better.
2: Lee Spencer catch Spencer. I'm kind of surprised you're six years in and you're still trying to find your rhythm. I mean, <laughs> it's not like you're a rookie anymore.
11: Yeah, I just think uh, I just haven't raced a lot in my career, so um, getting a later start. I think every race is a learning experience, and obviously I'm comfortable um, with a lot of things. But you know, if I go and race something else, I'm very comfortable. But these are the best guys, and it takes uh, it takes every little detail. So I think still inching up on those things still getting better there's a lot I thought tonight there was a lot of things I could have done better pit road speed um, decisions I think there's still a lot of things you can improve but we're on the right track
2: And, and getting a win this late in the season what kind of confidence does that give you going into New Hampshire going into Pocono I mean New Hampshire you're still looking for your first top 10.
11: Yeah New Hampshire's tough for us it's it was great all the way until I got to the Cup Series, and I thought, man, I'm really good at this track, and then I got against all the Cup guys, and I'm like, no, I'm not not very good here. So I got a truck win early, and I think that kind of helped make me overconfident that I was really good there, and I think uh, just inching up on little details here and there. Um, and I thought we had a really good sim session at at uh, Loudoun last week, so I think we're confident going in there. I'm sure... You know, I'm sure the 19 is going to be fast. I think there's going to be a few other guys that are that were good at Gateway, um, the 11. So, I think it's going to be tough, but um, but yeah, that's certainly one we circled on the calendar. We've done a lot of sim work for, so uh, hopefully, hopefully, all that stuff pays off and we show up fast. A little bit, yeah. I think it's probably the closest thing we've had lately. Um, I would say that maybe a little bit of Nashville, and then obviously. Phoenix, you know, but that was way before, way back. So, I think a lot's changed since Phoenix, but um I feel good about our car. I thought, I thought, you know, if if the sim is close, I think I think we did a lot of good things.
7: Uh next one's in on the very back of the room.
1: Hey, William, doing with the three-point conversion? Um <clears throat> what was your thought process after the infield spin, condition of the car, the rain coming. How did you pull off a win or how do you keep composure with all that?
11: Yeah, I mean, first it starts with you know, just the basics, just getting you know, getting to pit road, not tearing up the car even even worse. I think I, I went a little bit fast at first to try to get caught up and then tore up some stuff, so then I took it easy around the apron and um you know, when I got to pit road I realized they were they were you know, taking a lot of stuff out of the right side of the car um, that had been torn up. So I thought, man, it's probably pretty hurt, you know, if they're trying to, you know, peel off (laughs) parts of the car to to clearance it. And um, it was, you know, I think the car was damaged for sure. Uh, But we were able to change the balance enough to where it got manageable. And like I said, we were able to get the balance to where we could drive it. And we just weren't the most aggressive out there, but we could, um, you know, make some moves. Congratulations on the win.
7: Thank you. We'll come up here.
11: Dominic Carter going with the racing experts in ESPN Radio Albuquerque. So when you look back on this race, let's say week from now, a month from now, down the road, what do
10: you think you're going to remember the most about it?
11: Just the perseverance, you know, by the team. I think um, it's easy to give up, kind of pack it in, just be like, okay, we're a lap down, but, you know we'll try to get the lucky dog try to have a solid finish but we kept working on the car we got aggressive with the changes to try to make the car you know have a better balance and then got aggressive with the strategy too so I think um it's and I could tell in Rudy's tone he never gave up and he was constantly pumping me up saying the cars you know it's fine <laughs> just go go drive drive the heck out of it and see what happens and uh some of that motivation was great and then I get in the corner and it would be loose and I'm like still not quite there but it was uh, it was okay I think that we worked together really really well
6: over here Matt Weaver Matt Weaver sports not uh, we had Jeff in here earlier and he had talked about this kind of multi-year narrative about trying to get you to come out of your shell or just showing us something whatever that something is I'm curious what has the process been like with with Jeff and and really all the marketing people at Hendrick and what are they trying to pull out of you exactly
11: I don't know I'm pretty (laughs) reserved so I'm introverted and um, but I think just being more comfortable you know in my in around the racetrack in my environment so I think being being with the team is what what drives me when I get up every day it's about how can I get better as a race car driver and so I try to focus on that goal um, you know I'm sure a lot of guys have that same goal, but for me it's it's um yeah it's it's what I think about it's it's what drove me to get into this sport, so that's really what I follow is just my desire to to be a better driver and um yeah, I think they they recognize that my work ethic and um the things that I want to do to get better so I uh, just try to be comfortable with that and I've surrounded myself with people that believe in that and and want to um Nurture that and, and help support it, so I think Rudy and I have a good process during the week, and um, I think Jeff and I have a great relationship, so it's just about trying to uh, trying to win more races and and then yeah, show you know, be excited and be happy that those moments happen, but um, yeah, for me it's all about the, kind of the process and the work.
6: Winning races. Uh, You're the defending winner of the Slinger Nationals, headed back there on Monday and Tuesday. Speaking of personality and and winning races, right? Um, What's so cool about that event and why is it on the radar? It's midweek, obviously, and how do you feel about your chances uh, with camping?
11: Yeah, I feel good about it. Um, Still a little bit pissed off at the last race that that ran a super, got got moved, and uh, finished second. So, uh, yeah, excited to get back in those cars. Um, I think the Slinger. National is going to be really competitive this year. I think Eric's running well. Uh, he's got his stuff good, and uh, Chase is going to be up there, Matt. So, And then, I, you know, the whole cast of characters up there. So, yeah, there's a lot of local guys that are fast, too. And I think um, the thing I learned last year is just try to keep my heart rate in check. It's it's easy to get worn out there. So, um, you know, hopefully I, I don't fall out of the seed and I can uh, – do a good job for the team and um yeah i'm excited i haven't ran a late model a super late model in a few months it's kind of been a you know it's been a, a couple months of just personal stuff and none of the races really lined up for me to run but um but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it it's going to be a busy busy week but it'll be fun yeah see ya
7: and we will close in the middle here with the bob oh no we'll go with bob, the bob pokras and then we'll close with kelly Got it in just in time,
2: Uh, Bob Parker. Sports I want to say you're 21 points ahead of Truex now for the in the regular season. Just how much uh, have have you been looking at these points every week just to see about the regular season title?
11: Uh, Yeah, I mean we definitely look at it. You know, there's no no doubt about it. I look at racing reference and look at all the top fives, top tens, and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I think Truex has been running really well and. It's just a matter of us performing well. Uh, I feel like if we can if we can perform at a high level, we put ourselves in a position to uh run up front and get stage points and uh yeah, I mean it's a long we still got what, six, seven races till the playoffs and uh we just gotta keep inching up on it. We can't have any bad major bad weeks and this looked like it was gonna be a bad week and, and we overcame it. So it's a good good lesson to learn but I think we're coming up on two tough tracks that we gotta Really hone in on uh, with Pocono and Loudon, so uh, I know that you know 19 is going to be fast there, and all the JGR cars. So we got to keep it up. Kelly,
3: what is it about Rudy and his personality that is good for you? That works for you?
11: Yeah, I think he's just no nonsense. I mean, it's just it's just it's just facts, and it's it's what it what can we do to go faster? So I don't have to worry about him, you know. He just shoots me straight. He just talks about what we need to do better, and I feel like that works really well for, for me because I'm honestly similar. Um, so I think we're similar in some ways, and then, you know, on a professional side, and then on a personal side, we, we keep up with each other. Um, but we're not, like, hanging out getting beers, but we, uh, we certainly have grown closer on that side. But I think in a professional sense, we just work really well.
3: And then to end this on a fun note, we all know Ashley's mean, so how much grief did she give you about winning on her birthday?
11: Yeah, she. we're going to get marked, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right.
7: Thank you very much, yeah, William. thank you. Congratulations.
1: All right, everyone. Hey, appreciate you stopping by. Hey. It's Monday mornings, early Monday mornings at nine central. Thursday night at six central. Stop by. You ain't got to listen to the whole show, stop by and give us a little shout there. Keep our numbers up. We're gonna keep bringing drivers. Good New Hampshire, will Speedway right with our Bernard series. He said that's it.